BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well, that was an interesting day, wasn't it, everyone? Good morning. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. I'm Spencer Israel. I've got Joel here. I've got Dennis here. Uh, the title of today's show is The Stock Market is Wild. I don't feel like it's ever been more true than it is right now. You've got earnings, and I feel like earnings are like on like the B stage. They're over to the side. Like Only the diehards care about their earnings right now. we got so much stuff going on in the overall market, whether you want to say it's, it's the Fed or just look at the price action. Up, down, up, down every day. We can't make up our mind. What do we do? That is the question we are going to try to answer on today's show. Jeremy Schwartz, uh, the CIO of Wisdom Tree ETFs, will join the show in about 35 or so minutes. So stay tuned for that. Hit that like button. We'll Ooh, overnight, that rally, they're giving a lot back. Uh, couldn't hold that close for like a wait, nanosecond. Wait, wait, show, show us your charts. Oh, show us your charts. Oh, I was just going to say I'm back in the groove today. I'm ready for some arguments oh, i'm yeah. ready to i'm all fired up and i forget to show the charts uh, we're giving yeah. back half of that move from yesterday just drifted lower down 64 and a half handles at 43.39 uh crude that's holding it up because if there's a war then you know it's gonna be harder to get crude so crude's only down six cents at 83 and a quarter Gold, just being a champ here holding up near 1840 that's down two dollars at 1839.70. Silver week again down only a nickel, 23.75. Bitcoin bounced yesterday, but down 650 at 36.570. And now Ethereum, that's continuing lower as well. Quiet day so far in the Ethereum futures. Down $25 at $24.36. As I said, I'm fired up. Let's bring in Triple D, Triple D. What a wow. day in the market, huh? Harken back to 2008. Is that, that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, it was like 2008. That's what we saw multiple times. Two days exactly in October doing that exact same thing, being down over 5% and rallying back to go green. Um, so this, we do have precedence. We have seen this before, but it's been 13 years. You can kind of feel it. I mean, when we were down, I was talking to you on the phone. I was like, I want to buy some stocks here. I just feel like this is washing out. I tweeted out to my Twitter followers, like, what are you guys buying? I was trying to pick, you know, because I've been saying I'm 46% cash in, in my registered account. I brought that down, I believed, about 33. So I put about 12% of my uh, cash to work. What I bought was, and um, if you t- I tweeted it out already, but I did diversified buy. And these are long-term buys, not planning on trading out of these today. He says I bought a, a little piece of square I couldn't refuse. I bought a little piece of square. That was like my risk. And I've been talking about wanting to buy square. And I've been saying if it got to 90, I think I'd dip my toe. And at 60, I would load the boat. I was looking at it yesterday. I was like, I don't think it's getting that far. So that's why I took just a piece. I didn't buy the whole position. I just bought a little piece of square. I bought a full-size position in General Motors. Um, I nibbled on the way down, and then I just added the whole thing that I wanted back when it got into the 50 handle. Um, also bought, let me think here. I got to go back to my memory. I don't have it in front of me. Um, 
I bought an emerging markets ETF. I loaded up that. Um, Out of voice. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been underexposed emerging markets for a long time. We know that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some exposure there. Just increase my exposure. So I bought an emerging markets ETF. And then there was two stocks. I tweeted them out. The chat probably knows more than I do. I, I, I'm trying to find. I'm going on your on your Twitter. Oh, oh yeah, he, uh, you bought uh, GM Square. Oh, you nibbled and win. Yes, I did. I, I, I went a full size win. position win. I head almost head got head. the low on win. I think I bought win. It might have been in the seventy eight hand. Like it was right at near the low. And you know who? Who? There was a guy that popped on CNBC. And he said, um, you know, that he liked Win. I was like, oh, I forgot about Win. Thank you very much. And as soon as he said, I went to my long-term portfolio and bought. So I bought Win. It might have been 79. 79, we'll say. So I bought some Win. And then, holy mackerel, we're rolling, then, rolling over. Then, where I'm very, you, very distracted. But and then you bought Virtue, which was... It, Virtue it, Financial. Very Dennis stock to buy. Yeah, that is. That's a stock that I've had in my portfolio. I don't have it, and I sell it, and it's back again. And I just know Virtue Financial, we're running a lot of, it's all arbitrage market making, obviously. The one risk with that is if they ever did anything with payment for order flow, that would hurt them if they ever regulated payment for order flow. But they make a ton of money. The PE is low. I understand the business to a certain extent. I'm not a high-frequency trader, but I'm sure we have a lot of overlap in strategies. I know when the volatility goes up that they're kicking ass and taking names, so they're doing very well right now. Don't kid yourself. Virtue will be making way more money than they normally do. Um, when the VIX goes up, they make more money. Just like you know, when the VIX goes up, I make more money. It's the same thing because we're doing an efficiency trading. So, and they're doing market making, which, you know, obviously is very lucrative when the spreads start to get wider in a, in a very, you know, in a very volatile market. So, yeah, so those are the four stocks I bought. Just wanted to get off of like half cash. It's too much cash. So I put a little bit to work. I'm still sitting 33% cash, not saying we're all in, not saying the all-time low is in and we're going to go just nibbling, nibbling. I, I, I don't really have a bone to pick with any of that, except for maybe win. Um, Why don't you like win? Because of China? Well, they're trying to sell their online sports book, right? They, they tried to spack it. That didn't work. Now they're shopping it out, right, for a, 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 a valuation of, uh, what, a quarter of what, of what it was valued at in the SPAC or something like that. Um, I'm not really sure where the growth is in win. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it has a lot of growth. I'm not. It's definitely not a growth play. So if you look, I threw a growth stock. I threw right. a reopening stock. I threw a couple value stocks in General Motors and Virtue oh, Financial. Yeah. It's kind of what I did, and I threw some emerging markets ETF. So, did you do any buying, Joel? Did you buy anything? No, I did not. I did not. Um, I, the thing with you know, this say the thing with Win is this has been in a downtrend since July of uh, 2018. So, I mean, it's not your your stock that's in an uptrend. No. Is it not much is in an uptrend anymore? Just to let you know, Joel, I've, you're going to be challenged to find uptrends unless you're buying consumer staples. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, on on a positive note, I mean, you I are like building. Uh, um, you, you just got a, a wall of monthly support there, and not one, not two, not three, not four, five months in a row. So big money, you know, it takes big money, a long time to accumulate a big position. And you're, you're on, you're on some excellent support here at, at uh, about 70. You just gotta, you just gotta round it off. Uh, 80 bucks has been a really a buy zone going back since September. So it holds in there. The market turns around, you get, you know, there's no geopolitical events that um, affect anything and uh, you may be okay on it, but um no, not that you're, one. It's, it's just you're, you're you're making diversified bets. There's a reason exactly. I put a growth stock. We talked mm-hmm. about diversification yesterday. Mm-hmm. My portfolio is very diversified. It's underweight growth, but I want to add a little bit of growth to it. That's why I gave it a little bit of square, not a ton of square. So I bought square, I think, at 106. Didn't get the low. That was the one I was tweeting about. I was like, oh, I bought this at 106, and it's 102 in my face like 10 minutes later. I was like, oh, I'm good at this investing. <laughs> it ended up going up on the day, but... You know, this is just a stock that I think a company that's going to be into everything for a long time. I believe in Dorsey as well. I just believe in Block. I mean, you go into the small retailers and they're using Block. Um, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I think the valuation's still high, but I think it can grow into, it could have grown into a hundred times multiple, more troublesome, but, you know, it's getting into a, a, a little more reasonable. I also thought about PayPal. 
I was talking with you trying to debate, do I go PayPal or Square? Because PayPal obviously has come down substantially and it's trading with a multiple similar to MasterCard and Visa now, which it has been a long time since PayPal has had a multiple wow. similar to Visa and MasterCard. A long, long time. So well, I, I just want to point out one thing that, that you know, Dennis is, uh, you know, automates as much as he can. And one of the things he automates is his position sizing. Well, he doesn't get he doesn't think about it, right? He, it's either he he knows what a quote unquote full position is for him; it's the same size every time, or he's got like a half position when he's less convicted. And he and he doesn't even you don't think about that, right? Dennis, you you just do like you don't debate your position size. And, and it, okay, so obviously I have multiple hats. You know, sure. this is I'm talking with the investing hat, in my long term trade, and my long term account. And I think everything through really in my long term account. From my trading perspective, but, but how that much, is where like, I don't really think. How much time do you spend hemming and hauling? Oh, do I buy 100 shares? Do I buy 200? No, not, not much. Not no. Much, no. Right, right. I've got like dollar amounts. So I would say if I'm really convicted on a position, I really, really like it. I might put 3 4% of my portfolio in it. So still very diversified. That would be a large holding in my portfolio. Yeah. If I had 5%. And I and some stuff has grown. I mean, the queues I think are thirteen percent of my portfolio. They've just grown and grown and grown. And we know I trimmed them a couple of weeks ago, but it's just grown so much. So it's hard to you know this is you know hard. It's hard to you know keep it balanced when you you know you have that kind of growth. So you know some things just grew really big. I mean, Apple became I think eight percent. I think Mastercard was eleven percent. But you know I, I've trimmed I trimmed the Mastercard substantially. Um, obviously on, on yeah. just just recently. But I mean, you've got to rebalance every once in a while. But if you're sitting with fifty percent one stock, I mean, you leave yourself up to so much risk. So how much? How I, much? How much Apple do you think Warren sold in that in last quarter? We'll find out. I, I bet you. I bet you he sold a boatload. Oh, selling hey, in hey, and- hey, speaking of that, uh, well, a we'll find out in a couple of weeks. But speaking of that, I just saw a headline this morning. The Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting is going yep. to be in person this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw it out now so it's in the air. I'm going to try to go to this. It's scheduled for April 30th. I'm going to try to go, whether as media or as a shareholder. I don't cool. care. But All I'm, right. That's I, cool. I'm going to attempt to go. I, I, maybe I represent Benzinga. Maybe I just go for myself, but I'm going to try to go. So oh, for, for the positive note on your square, Dennis, uh, the last time this had three bad months in a row was back in, in mid-July of 2018. It went from 100 to 50, and then it hung in there for a month. It had a nice rally off that. Then a little COVID happened. But uh, the last three times, and this is much bigger, three down months in a row. So I'm giving you, I'm giving you the technical uh, thumbs on that. Thumbs up on that. Also, with those stocks, I think you're looking into the future, the future of payment systems. Obviously, things are changing. Whether it's Bitcoin or you know, uh, elect. I actually, I went to, uh, I went to, I was at the airport and I was going to buy something. I'm one of these old people who still use cash, yeah. and they didn't have any coins. They couldn't. They said you got to, you got to like we are out of coins. So all those old coins that I have that my dad gave me a hundred years, I'm holding on to those, man. <laughs> those are those have a real value. So I think I think you're looking out in the future, and I think that those, you know, those companies are like when we talk in five or ten years, we'll be long gone doing the show, but we'll say, hey, wow, man, the future, the future of uh, of money transfer and payments, Square and PayPal. So I, I mean, it's just a matter of balance. So maybe I get rocked in the Square. I think I put, I don't even know, I think it's like 0.5% of my money in Square, like very small, like, yeah, a, like a yeah, third that's... size position. I'd say an average position is 1% to 2%, you know, because if you own 50 stocks, it's 2% in each one if you're perfect, you know, like, and obviously I said I own probably 50 or 60 stocks. So it's like 1%, 2% in each one, but I even go full size on it. So why? Because one, it's still expensive, but two is, you know what? It might grow into that. It's not ridiculously priced anymore. It's still expensive, but it's not like just absurd. So, and it's been cut, you know, we're talking about stocks was $289. It just got down to a hundred bucks, basically 102. It's a logical spot for it to bounce at a hundred bucks. Is it going to 60? I don't know. If it did, I'll tell you, I'd buy a lot of it. I'd, I'd load up if it went to 60, but I don't think we're going to get that silly. And that's why I'm nibbling. You nibble. 
Uh, someone in the chat just asked what the emerging market ETF was that you bought. We will have Jeremy Schwartz is going to be on in like 20 okay. some minutes. He is also like the guy works for Wisdom Tree ETF, so he will give us some tickers. It's EEM, it's EEM equivalent. It'd be a little different, but I looked at owns like Tencent, Baba, Samsung, Sony, you know, and it's like, well. Ah. That's kind of diversified, and it it, it it I need it into my portfolio. I'm really heavily U.S. concentrated, so yeah. yeah that's once yeah. again that's uh, that didn't take uh, on a relative. Well, this has been selling off since uh, since really February of last year. But you got a couple monthly bottoms in the same area, and on a relative basis, you haven't taken out last month's low. So that's showing uh, that's showing some strength as well. I uh, I didn't strike, but man, I just think JP Morgan just got the er, kicked out of it after not a bad earnings report. That's, if what, you're I, that's what we said, Joel. <laughs> it wasn't even that bad. It was not, the, but that's just what they do to JP Morgan yeah. after that, you know. Yeah. And that is a that's a shellacking. So I'm looking at on a. I'm hoping to get another shot at you know lower, you know near that low from yesterday. Uh, Bank America too. If you're really going with this whole theme that you know interest rates are going to be going up, uh, you know the banks. That's where I'm looking to deploy some. Uh, and if some the market asset. continues to get smacked, don't kid yourself. The Fed will be a little. Oh, that's going to happen tomorrow, Dennis. That could happen. So if this market doesn't rebound today and oh. stays in the gutter, don't kid yourself that. You know, you could have Powell talking a little more dovish than he's been oh, talking. He sure. won't be so tough guy if this market stays down. So it's going to depend on what happens here. Personally, um, I think you're buying the dip on it from a trading perspective. So obviously buying dips, selling reps. Wow. Um, I wasn't buying the dip from a trading perspective yesterday. I bought it from an investing perspective. But I think now you have some tradable lows. If anything gets near yesterday's low, I think you take there a you shot. Go. That's the so, key. That's the key. So right? I don't know if you're going to get to yesterday's low. Like SoFi is interesting to me. Um, but, you know, there's there's other ones too. I mean, you can put every stock. Let's bucket them all. We, we rallied 10 to 15% on some of these growth names from the lows, which is nothing short of incredible. So if you start approaching yesterday's low on anything, I think you take a shot. I mean, Teladoc, you know, like here you are at $67, still 72. So if you buy at 72, you got to give yourself really to 67. That's like 8, 9%, a little more than I like to give. But I think as you approach yesterday's lows, I think you're going to find It's a love. Buyers. It's something that, it's something. If you can get down there, but I don't think yeah. you can. Yeah, you don't want it to. And then uh, conversely, you know, on the upside, and I think for, you know, the S&Ps and also for your individual stocks, I mean, the close, you know, can't, I mean, these stocks are all in the red. I think some of them, I think Mr. Softy even came back and filled the gap from yesterday, which was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. They have, earned, look at that. It went as low as 280 and then came back and filled the gap. Now they have, they have earnings, Holy. right? Microsoft 276. What a that's just incredible. The sell-off, it was capitulatory. You know, like you, that that was the feeling of like we're going down, down, down. Okay, this is like a washout low. So everybody's gonna ask, Joel, is this the low? Nobody knows the answer to that question. Was it a low? I think so. I think that low could hold for a little while. So that's why I'm saying anything that approaches those yesterday's lows, I think you're taking a shot. You know, and if they make new lows and you get the hell out, I mean, this is an environment where it seems like you get stopped on everything. So you got to be somewhat careful. But back and fill, right? I, back I'm not fill. shorting stocks here. I'll tell you that much. I'm not back like, initiating fill. a short this morning. No, I think not. if you're initiating, you could have initiated a short yesterday at the close because it was just too much too fast. But now we just gave back like over a third of it and we're approaching over half of it. I mean, it's impressive to give back this much this quickly. You know, if we look from the low 420 to 440 on SPY, 430, 50% <laughs> retracement yesterday's move. Maybe you're trying them there. Yeah, we're, uh, it, you've had the situation. You had the bad day on Friday. You had the follow through on Monday, right? And then like Tuesday, now you're going to back and fill. Like, oh man, I miss, I should have bought, I wanted to buy yesterday. I should have bought, I didn't. I'm going to wait today. I'm going to back and fill. I'm, maybe I, I'm hoping for yesterday's low, but I know I'm not going to get it. I'm just, because the spoos, in order for the spoos to go down to yesterday's low, we got to go 116 points below the current low. I think you're going to go down. You're going to find it's going to be 
there are going to be bids there. Like we just went down to 43.19. Now we're back up at 34. So it's it's going to find those those points and then, you know, find support. Also with the two-day Fed meeting, I, you know, you know, Pump and Powell, I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to re-grease the pump, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear something about, well, the, the inflationary pressures that we saw are abating so oh, okay. no, yeah. Or the wealth effect. You know it's coming. They'll talk about the wealth effect. I mean, that's really, you know, going to be, you know, some, some, some bullets for him here to say, hey, we've been, you know, substantially hit on some stocks here. The wealth effect is, you know, starting to take, you know, hold. If we continue to show weakness here, you can start to cool off those talks. I mean, if the market stays down and continues to go down, Throw the Jamie Dimon comments. They should be thrown out the window anyway. Seven rate hikes this year. Yeah, he is yeah. dreaming, talking his book. Oh, my god! There is zero Coleman. chance. Yeah. We'll say 0.1 because there's always a chance. But there's almost no chance that you're seeing seven rate hikes this year. And if the market stays down, I'm not even sure you get three. So, you know, if this is the way it responds, and you can say maybe it's Russia, there's obviously a lot of other reasons, you know, that are maybe driving, you know, a sell-off here. But the real boogeyman in the room has always been interest rates. It's why we started selling off. It's why yep, growth has been true. getting hammered. Um, and it hasn't gone away. But as stocks get weaker, the problem starts to fix itself. The inflation problem does fix itself. I mean, if the market collapsed 20%, 30%, the inflation problem somewhat fixes itself because you'll have, you'll have a lot less demand for everything because people aren't going to be buying as much stuff when their wealth just dropped by a third. Exactly. So that is like you know how, a perfect scenario, really, and and for Powell is that the market just comes down. He didn't have to do much with rates at all. It's fucking Powell. Um, All right. Let's bring, uh, let's move on here uh, to some um, individual headlines. We're uh, turning into like this macro show or whatever. Well, it's the environment we're in. We're in a macro environment. We got to talk macro. Our listeners, they're like, they want to know what. They want a stock pick. Yeah, I just gave a couple. You did. You did. We did. And I, told I, you I don't. And I think on the pullbacks here, you're buying like General Motors, fifty bucks. It's worked before multiple times for us. We played off this fifty. Does it work again? I mean, if the market collapses, we fall thirty percent. Everything's going to get dinged. So it's all probabilities. I mean, if you think you're having a market collapse, you're not buying anything. But I don't think we're in like two thousand eight where we're going to get you know hammered. I think that there was growth stocks where we're like we were two thousand. But some of this stuff is reasonably valued. We're not nosebleed PEs on like 30, 40% of stocks at reasonable valuations. You just, uh, come on. You made fun of me like the other day for for like bringing, Wait, what's the PE? And, uh, and you're like, it's still high. I don't remember what stock it was, but um, it's some well, of The market came down 500 points. There's definitely <laughs> some stuff that you can't touch, Spencer, but it's a tale of two tapes, really. You know, you've got. You know, this market that we've had nosebleed PEs and all these Kathy names for a long time. And that stuff's come in and it deserved to come in. All right. But there I... is stuff, you know, like Virtue Financial. I mean, you know, high frequency trading firm. You do have the risk if they do regulate payment for order flow, that stock will get hit. That's your risk there. Um, but, you know, General Motors, what's the PE on GM? Uh, that, that, that was never at issue. <laughs> that, but that's what I'm buying. All right. I mean, all so right. I, it, it'll be somebody else's issue if you're paying, you know, in Square, obviously, I'm paying you know, 60 times. Or P of 7.5. So, yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. whoa. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it's cheap. They're going to be a big part of EV. Yeah, I mean, they just gave you a nice 20% sell-off. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. I like GM here. Talking my book on it, but I just reloaded. There are uh, a number of uh, low PE stocks reporting earnings here. See that segue, everyone? We had uh, Verizon this morning. We had GE this morning. We had 3M this morning. IBM last night. Do you have a preference as to any of them, or can I? Whatever you want. Start ripping through these. Rip them. Rip them all together. uh, Let's rip. Let's start with uh, IBM because chronological order. They're out earliest. They're out last night. Stock popped and has faded here in the pre-market session. Um, er, Earnings were okay. I think it was a fade during the conference call. But the top line number came in above estimates. The bottom line number came in above estimates. Um, And so there's that pop. I'll bring up the chart on the screen so you can see that. I'll let you move on. Um. Are they predicting any revenue growth? 
I mean, is it the same old story? Just kind of just. Yeah, I mean, re- revenue growth in line with expectations. So it's, okay. it's been a tough story yeah. for a long time. But if you get near yesterday's low, maybe you'll get some bottom pickers in there. Yeah, and you had a you had a pair of lows uh, going back there in December too. Very uh, bad then, that this turned red though, Joel. Too like I mean, we were up on the report, <laughs> up substantially. Again, if you're buying rips in this market oh. environment, you're asking for trouble. And when you're paying up at what one thirty seven last night for got IBM, over one thirty eight, one thirty eight for IBM. I shake my <laughs> head at you. Sorry, I probably should have been shorting it. But you know, I don't usually short you know on the earnings reports because I get my face ripped off sometimes. But I definitely wouldn't be buying it. One thirty-eight forty-one was a daily high, uh, but you're getting a reset. I mean, I think for this one, if the if the buyers are serious about this, then I don't think you're going to get a shot at yesterday's low. I think they'll come in at you know after that rally yesterday and then trading up to one one uh, one thirty-eight forty-one. I think. I'll say, okay, if you want to own this thing, I think the buyers are going to step in uh, at right here, right at the close, just under 129. I don't, you know, it's probably not a great day to report yesterday too, right? Because yeah. we kind of hung up there and then the spoo sold off. But uh, the, the bulls need to make a stand at that closing price. Uh, what was it? 129.11. Uh, Logitech. This was no, a company that had all the they had all the built-in excuses in the world if they want if they needed it. with the supply chains. Uh, Logi. Yeah. Uh, their their numbers are very good though. Uh, their EPS was, was a beat a buck twenty-four versus a ninety-seven cent estimate. Their sales also came in above estimates. They're one point six versus one point five billion dollars. They raised the lower end of their sales guidance uh, for the year, and so again, it, it was a good report. Uh, especially when you consider, you know, the challenging supply chain environment and all that stuff. Uh, all the built-in, built-in excuses, they could have blamed anything. And the numbers say, hey, despite all that, it was a good quarter. And remember, it's trading actively in Europe already. So you're kind of pricing it in. So I wouldn't expect a crazy volatility after we open because the stock has already been open for the better part of four and a mm-hmm. half hours. Um it's bounced. I think 80s resistance on this thing. I wouldn't be buying anything that's ripping up from yesterday's low. We're talking 71 to 77. It's up 10%. I'm not chasing it. Uh, maybe give back half of that move from yesterday, right? What was the uh, what was the whole move? The whole move was from... Let me see my data window here. Um, we had... Wow. Uh, well, I'm going to include the after hours. You had about a nine point move, so four and a half. So if you want to try and, you know, you don't want to pay up at 77.66, but you want to lean on that low, maybe try and get that at, you know, 74.58 was your actually your low on Friday. So I think if you're trying to buy this on the cheap, as far as the, the high goes, the high in the pre market, Dennis mentioned that 80, 80.45. So. I'll use that as uh, resistance. Oh, wow. It's already come off. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's come off three, uh, yeah, two and a half bucks. What's the other stocks earnings? Like, I mean, we're going to get a ton of reports here tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But... You me, you GE. Me, you yeah, GE, Verizon, Johnson, Johnson. Take a look at the calendar, though. Look, look, what's today? Tuesday? We got sure. Microsoft tonight. Texas Instruments tonight. They're interesting. The softy. Uh, tomorrow is where things get real interesting because tomorrow afternoon we got Tesla. We get uh, uh, Intel, interesting. The, the day after is when things really pick up. We get Apple. We get Visa. We get McDonald's, wow. uh, U.S. Steel. So a lot of big names. Robin Hood is Thursday. That'll be a fun one. So, um, yeah, Las Vegas, San Juan. We got a lot of reports coming up here. Boeing is tomorrow morning. I missed that one. So AT&T. Um, let's go to uh, – I'm not sure if any of these are interesting more than the others between Verizon – GE, Johnson Johnson, and 3M. They're all kind of the same type of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> consumer staples. They're all they all move just they move, move a little bit. Nothing too crazy here. I'm trying to find the biggest mover of the bunch. Uh maybe 3M uh would be one. Uh G's down almost four sticks and traded down to 90 yesterday. All right. Boy, that that what that reverse split really that really helped them out. Uh <laughs> It's gonna be back down at fourteen bucks. <laughs> it's, 
It doesn't get bought near yesterday's low. I think everything you have to really, I think on every single stock, we can just blanket it. Any stock challenging yesterday's low could potentially have some buyers. One, maybe some people got caught short. Two, maybe some people are just bottom fishing. They're looking out near yesterday's low. It's a logical spot to look. So I think that's the first spot you look for any stock um, today is it's a challenging yesterday's low. You know, you can take a shot there. So can you take a shot at 92.29 on this thing? Maybe, but again, this is just GE. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't like GE. That's fair. Uh, if you're looking for Verizon, you know the telecoms were were uh, were strong. Well, I mean, it's value, right? So, but telecoms are having a pretty good go of it there for a hot second. They've come off in the last week or so. But uh, if you want to look at Verizon and T-Mobile, actually, Dennis, I want to give you props yesterday because you were spot on with your uh, QQQ call. Not so much a call, but more or less uh, an explanation as to why some stocks were randomly high, like T-Mobile randomly yeah. higher yesterday, right? Comcast yeah. randomly higher. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, Comcast was up. It did have a rating, but there was a ton of other ones in that, you know, QQQs that actually were trading in the green all morning for the simple yeah. reason. You got to understand the ETF effects. Nobody understands that. Nobody takes the time to understand that. They don't teach that anywhere. You got to figure that stuff out. If you're a market maker, you understand it. But there's not a lot of, you know, people that are going to understand, you know, the ETF effects. And you see this constantly when something's just down, the queues aren't down enough. They buy the non-tech components. That's how, they, how it rolls. There's like 20 of them. And they all group together. They have nothing to do with each other, but they're all grouped together because there's such big components in the QQQs. Just lets you know how much ETFs affect this market. Uh, Let me creep, creep it back towards the low here. Uh, down 79 handles. I keep trying to sell points. stocks on these rallies. But... Uh, Matt Miller wants your thoughts on G- um, GE puts. I guess I would jive with, with no. what you were just saying. Yeah, no, it's what's down four bucks. The premiums, you know, be coming in because it's after the report. But I'll just say, blanket statement if you're buying puts looking to make money, you're going to lose money in the long run. You know, maybe if you're doing spreads, but there's a reason Nick Shaheen and all these other guys make money all the time because they're selling options. You're selling insurance. You're always fighting time value by buying options. People want to play options like lottery tickets and think they're going to get rich. And most of the time, those lottery tickets expire worthless. The real money is made in selling options. Uh, Well, gee, hopefully you already have the puts. And um, so... I'll just look if at it. If you had the puts, you probably lose too. I mean, what was the expected move on G? I don't know. It's down you, you know, four bucks. The time you get the direction right and it's the expected four bucks? move. Four bucks? Like CC says all the time on her show. Um, you know, it's uh, the expected moves. They, they respect those. So just luck. I mean, it's the natural market making aspect of it that causes that to happen. But GE going into the print, the expected move on this thing was five bucks. It's the same thing. I mean, it's down 411. It's right in the expected move. You got to understand that is, you know, I don't care if you don't trade options and I don't really trade options much anymore. I dabble every once in a while, but you've got to respect the expected move. And that is you add up the call and the put strike and you get the expected move. And more often than not, those stocks stay inside the expected move. And that means the option traders lose and, I would, I'm not. I don't know how percentages on that, but I just see it again and again and again. Expect to move on this thing five bucks. It's down four. Means option traders are likely losing money. Right. I mean, if you, if you if you took a shot on the close on something, right? Like that, you know, it closed up at uh, ninety ninety six seventy six. If you took a shot on like the ninety six puts or something, they're probably working for you a little bit, being down fourteen. If you the straddle, not so much. But just looking at, it, I don't know. Let's see if we can get to yesterday. If I had puts in this. I'd really be looking for it to push towards that pre-market low. And then the longer, you know, the longer it takes to get down to that pre-market low, then it kind of just might little curl and rally and get some of this back. So uh, that's what I'm looking at in GE yesterday's. Well, what's yesterday's low? Yesterday's low. Ooh, 92.29 right there. There's your line in the sand. I'll throw out the pre-market low. Uh, 92.29 must hold or you will test the pre-market level. I have to say, today really has not gone how I thought it was going to go. I thought we were, we were going to get bearish Dennis. And instead, we got party Dennis, which is super well, bullish. Look at this. Super bullish. 
It's a party. Buy everything. I even got doggy coin going on. There. I know. I, wow. Really been Who a... am I dancing with? I can't even tell. Who is that uh, other guy? He he's he's in the bull camp with you. Whoever he, he looked is. pretty cool. Yeah, he made yeah, me look cooler. It's really not how I thought that it was. Kind of the way Dennis dances. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a poor dancer. Let's bring on our guest here. Uh, Jeremy Schwartz is uh, the CIO, the Chief Investment Officer of Wisdom Tree ETFs. Uh, great day to have him on because he he's a good uh, top down guy. Jer- uh, guy, Jeremy, you ready? Yeah, he is ready. Jeremy, what's up, man? How are we doing? Good to see you, Spencer, Joel, Dennis. Great conversation. How we doing? How we doing on this fundamental macroeconomic mumbo jumbo? I mean, you're you and you and Jeremy uh, Siegel. You guys are the you guys are the kings. How we doing? Well, I mean, he was on uh, CNBC yesterday. He called me on on Sunday morning at seven a.m. It's been an hour and a half talking about what's going on, um, and he, you know, he's he's been pretty consistent that he, and. And aggressive on the Fed. I mean, he was calling for a very aggressive inflation for a while. I and mean, we're talking back early in the pandemic. And it took a while for the the, the Fed to catch up with him and the market to catch up with him. Um, so he's been, I'd say, at the extreme of the hawkishness side, saying we need to get to 2% on the Fed funds, that they need to slow down the money supply growth. The money, you know, he, he's been calling out the Fed. We had the former Fed vice chair on our program behind the markets. And he said, why is the Fed completely ignoring the money supply? The money supply is a key driver of inflation. We had 20, 25% record money supply growth. And, you know, so he 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 is aggressive and that's causing that tech rotation that we're seeing. And and if they do have to still catch up, the market's only pricing in four. If, you, if they have to get as much as he's saying, there's still more adjustments to happen. And so that that's going to be... You, you talked about being a macro show. That's going to be the big narrative this year, I think, is how aggressive is the Fed. So he's more in the Jamie Dimon camp then? He Well, that it seems like Jamie and him are consulting because uh, he, huh. he said 2% by the end of the year, which is definitely not anywhere near consensus. 2% would be, what would that be, 8 7 Four fifties. <laughs> no, it, no it, it is. It's aggressive. It's a very aggressive call. Well, what's, what's that going to do to the market? Well, that's that's why I think he said on CNBC yesterday he can see the tech sector, the Nasdaq in particular, going from correction mode to bear market mode, getting a ten percent correction in the S and P. Right, so people call him stocks for long run perma perma bull, and here he's saying the market still needs to adjust to a Fed reality that's going to be much more tight than people are giving credit for. Didn't, so, didn't we get the ten percent correction in the S and P yesterday? It, and then it bounced right after it bounced right off it but we i think did we touch 10 percent? i believe we yeah, did yes, we did we did yeah yeah so that's already happened so there now what <laughs> <laughs> it, still buy? To, it still needs to adjust to the this the, the market is definitely not saying we're getting two percent on the on, on fed funds no i think the market would implode if we got two percent <laughs> just my own opinion i think uh, I've I've said I think we're gonna get, you know, maybe maybe four. I, I don't even I don't even know if they're gonna go a half. Like you think they're gonna go? Do they think they're gonna go a half in March? Like right off the bat, hit them hard. Or are they gonna go a quarter? Maybe we'll know more and by in twenty. What are they expected? Right, right. Like I know it's an eighty-eight percent to raise, but is it expected? To, isn't like that's not expected to go a half, is it? I don't think they're they're getting into the. the they haven't told us. Details. So where do you hide, Jeremy? I mean, is there anywhere to hide? First of all, well, the the, part, the that's the whole market challenge is with seven percent inflation, and you're in just in cash, you're losing to inflation, which is the which is why stocks still are a they are the ultimate long term hedge. Companies do raise prices as their input costs rise, so we do think stocks are good long term inflation hedges. The short run, they have to adjust to this tighter policy framework. Um, in, in the bond market, we're talking our floating rate treasury fund, USFR. It's going to be the shortest duration bond treasury fund in the market. The rates reset every week with weekly T-bill auctions. So for our scenario of Fed hiking, you want to be in the floating rate treasuries, USFR, which is get, it's just a cash instrument, but it, in the sense that it's it's got the treasuries, the rates reset every week. And so it's a way to, it'll be at the end of this cycle, it's our view the Fed's going to invert the curve, 
and it could be the last cycle happened. This floating rate treasury was the highest yielding treasury fund in the market. That's what we see happening over the next two years. Um, and and certainly even faster than people are expecting. So I, I think that's that's where you want to be in the bond market. Within equities, it's 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 the lower duration asset. Same theme is, you know, within our family, we have things from cloud to cyber to biotech. What's the top performers this year are commodities and high dividend stocks. So high dividends emerging markets, high dividends international, high dividends US are all top performers because they're lower duration. More of the cash flows come from dividend payments. Um, so DEM is the high dividend emerging market. It's very different than things like the broad MSCI or RX state owned. RX state owned is more of the growth tilt, like the tech and consumers, the Alibaba's and Tencent's and all of the non-state owned companies. The the high dividends are where you get for value and six PEs and five, six, seven percent dividend yields on a lot of these commodity companies. Uh, you know, so it's it's if if this hawkish scenario plays out, it's definitely the high dividends over growth. Jeremy, I'm curious uh, where you're seeing the flows right now. Like, like that's your opinion, but, but where are the flows yeah. going? To start 2022, and we've we've had about five, 600 million come into our ETF to start the year. Interestingly, um, the top flowing fund has been a Japan currency hedge, DXJ. Um, it was one that had taken off in you know the 2013-2015 Abenomics period, uh, about 150 million. Uh, the currency hedge, the yen was a surprisingly weak currency. Everybody's calling for the collapse of the dollar. The yen went from 103 to 114. It's been a value trade. Um, it's got, because of the dividend bias, it's it's more in value than the growth name. So it's, it's been the top performing Japan fund in the Morningstar categories. Uh, so that's our top at 150 million to start the year. Commodities in Europe, over 100 million. Uh, we're seeing you know broad-based commodity exposure get, get interest. Uh, our fish and core family, is uh, led by NTSX is become a a very popular family. That's sort of third on our third or fourth on our list of, of inflows. I, I'm seeing DNL, which is your XUS yes. quality dividend fund up there as well. Yes, that is absolutely on there. And so that's that's the idea of it is developed in EM. So the quality dividend family is our largest ETF in the US. DGRW is the US version. Uh, also having a very good three month stretch. It's picked up like six, 700 basis points on its benchmark in three months because of this sort of volatility quality with dividend particular bias has done well. Last year was a high beta rally. So tech quality stocks did better. This is the quality with dividends that's 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 protected well. And, and DNL in its growth category has been an incredibly strong performer. And it's just a sister using dividends, return equity, return assets, earnings growth as a screen. Um, combines the developed and emerging market. So it's like the all-in-one international fund. Isn't that kind of going contrarian to you know, higher interest rates? Or you just figured that people are, you know, uh, to fight, you know, if you're getting these good dividends, at least you're, at least you're staying even with in inflation. Is that, is that what the investment philosophy is? For quality dividend growth, it, it comes back to, I always call this, uh, and, and, and one of the the, the the charts going around in the Financial Times yesterday was Buffett versus uh, Kathy, right? You saw- Got like, that from you, Dennis. The slow, and, the slow and steady Buffett, and then you had Kathy go up and down. And I've called these quality dividend funds, DNL that you just talked about, DGRW that I mentioned, the Buffett factor. Like that's actually the first piece I wrote on it eight years ago when I launched it is, what does Buffett say he does? He says, I like to buy high quality companies at fair prices. It's better than buying cheap distressed value companies. And what does he mean by quality? He means high return on capital. And, and when you go through all of his annual letters, he says high return on equity with low debt. So the way I packaged that into DNL and DGRW was we screen for return on equity, return on assets. That's the Buffett screen. And, you know, then it has a dividend requirement. So you got to pay a dividend. Buffett loves those those dividend payers from, I mean, even Apple is like symbolic of this. Um, but the, the the consumer companies, Coca-Cola, his his banks over time been raising dividends, sort of the high return equity companies, his Japanese investments, which I'm talking about a lot. Actually, when I talked about DXJ, follow Buffett into Japan is one of the things I've been talking a lot about on DXJ. But the quality screens is what drives that return equity. And Buffett always said, what do you do to keep up with inflation? You need companies with pricing power, which is what's in the those those DNLs and that quality dividend growth family. 
Uh, Jeremy, on the flip side, uh, I'm looking at the outflows and I'm seeing uh, a lot of growthy tech. I'm seeing cloud yeah. computing. Uh, a China fund is up there. No, no real surprises there. Uh, but then I'm seeing like a like a mid cap dividend fund, you know, uh, among the outflow leaders, which is which is interesting. But it, not a surprise to see like your your cloud fund up there because it is growth in China because it's China right now. So. Um, What's is there, is China has turned around a bit, right? Like, so it, it, know, it was, it was the most, to me, that was one of the most surprising things of 2021 was how much China tech was down. And all you saw was inflows into China tech products, both ours and in the industry, you saw massive inflows. Um, I mean, we are, that CXSC is our China non-state owned. I put it up against the big China tech funds that you see out there we're sort of 32 basis points. The others are like 70 basis points. Ours are better performing over the long run and it's more diversified. And that, that fund basically doubled in size last year, despite the pressure. Um, that's, so people, that's crazy. You, people you, were buying the dip. People buying the dip. Buy the dip all the way down. Wow. Wow. I wouldn't have expected that. So Jeremy, I know you've been around the block a few times and you can never, you know, circumstances never repeat themselves exactly but you know put us into like the different perspective here you had the 99 tech bubble right and that that burst took a long time to recover you had the financial crisis in 2008 uh with the housing bubble uh the pandemic kind of came and hit us aside the head that was a very unexpected thing not so much related to economics i mean where are we at? I mean, which one would you say we're most similar to? What what course out of this or what course lower are we going to follow? And then what's the course that's going to bring us out of it? So you, you, there's a lot of these meme charts going around about price to sales greater than 20 and how it compares to the tech bubble. And one of the things I had shown was that in 2000, you had basically double the weight of the market that was in these price to sales greater than 20 stocks that you have today. So yes, there are some segments that are expensive. And you mentioned our cloud ETF is one of them. Like cloud is one of the more expensive baskets, but it's only, it's less than 10% of the market that's in that way. It got up to closer to 20% of the market in 2000. So the big NASDAQ stocks aren't as expensive as they were back in 2000. In, in 2000, your top you had the top biggest stocks in the market were the most expensive stocks. Today, that's not true. I, I there's there's a compelling case that Facebook and Google are actually cheap value stocks. That's a really good point. People like to point to the fangs as like, look, they take up too much space. They're too big. But I, I, on a valuation basis, they're not also the simultaneously the most expensive. Very interesting, interesting note there. I think that's a good point. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your flow. Yeah, no, so, so I, I'd say there are baskets that are like the tech in 2000, but it's not the full market or it's at least half as much as the full full market. So I, I could see where if Siegel's right on his Fed call, then you could see a little bit more pressure on some of the broader tech indexes. But I, I do think they're not as expensive and uh, you'll, you'll get people coming back to them. Also, like people don't realize that there are like, yes, the top five or six stocks take up a quarter of the S&P. But like that's not that itself is not necessarily unusual. It's different companies, but there are always the five largest always take up a large percentage of the index, whether it's like ExxonMobil and GE in 2000 or, or whatever, 2003. But um, the, 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 the top of the heap is always um, – is always made up of a number of very large companies that account for a decent chunk of that. Uh, just the companies yeah. change over time, but uh, it's not necessarily indicative of a bubble just because you have five companies at 25% of the index. So um, Jeremy Schwartz is the uh, CIO, the chief investment officer of wisdom tree ETFs. Jeremy, it is uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a great day to have you on. Um, and I look forward to, uh, tomorrow seeing what the fed says and uh seeing how how that call plays the call for more rate hikes not your call but you know you know the other jeremy's call plays out here this year happy to keep in touch all year as it goes on all right thanks a lot jeremy thanks all. Uh, i did want to bring up briefly this chart while we were on the topic of the fed funds rate and what's gonna what what the market is saying this is from the uh cme group this is the fed funds futures 
This is what the Fed Funds futures market is currently pricing in as far as rate hikes. So you're seeing this is where we are right now. We are at the furthest left-hand side column. Uh, and you've got meeting dates there. So uh, currently the market is the Fed Funds futures market is pricing in uh, a, a one rate hike at the most likely one rate hike at the um, March meeting. Uh, this is where we're at right now. So why does it say January 26th, like 94? What is that? That would know? be tomorrow's meeting. That would be January 26th. They got a 94% chance of hiking tomorrow. No, 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 no. This is where we are. We're at zero. Oh, oh, that that it's going to stay. I get it. so it's right. going to go up to the next. Right. So okay. there's no. So there's not ninety four percent chance of no hike tomorrow. Okay. Right. There is a five percent chance that they actually of, hike tomorrow. Of a hike tomorrow. Okay. Right. That would. And be then there's an eighty four percent chance that they're going to go a quarter. In, exactly. In March. In March. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And quarter and a half. Yep. And then right, it starts yeah. to drop off substantially, and then it's oh, all mar- and it's all market dependent, so, so, <laughs> data dependent, partially market dependent a lot. So wait, so Jeremy Jeremy Siegel, remind me what he said. He said he said two percent. Is that what he said? Yeah, wowzer, that would be woo. So that's not that's that's down here. So, so the, the, we're, we're talking. Uh, the market is saying um, we could be going down for a long. What if they hike yeah. tomorrow? Now I'm stressed out. <laughs> what if they lower tomorrow? So, so the market is saying a, a, a one. There is a one percent. The market is saying there's a one percent chance. Talking your book. The market is saying there's a one percent chance. Oh, we hike to two percent by the end of this year. You went from you went from too much cash to not enough cash. Uh, well, I I put ten percent of my portfolio, my long term, uh, not my overall portfolio, but my retirement account to work. So, yeah, I don't know. We're trying. Right. We take chances. That's what we do as traders. No, no, we take I mean, chances. We make calls. We do what we can. <laughs> we make money. We lose yeah. money. The market tanks like it did yesterday, and they'll start lowering rates. <laughs> Emergency rate guy. That's interesting. Know that Jeremy. I mean, he he's he's been. I mean, he he's hot. He's hawkish, and he's staying hawkish. I you know I didn't. Um... Well, the inflation's a serious issue, but wealth effect. Don't kid yourself. Will fix some of those problems. So if you can continue to get a market decline, so it's just going to be, they're looking at it too. I mean, they can say we don't look at the markets, but if the market's at all time highs, it's a hell of a lot easier. They do do admit that. They they do admit that. I think it's number one on the board. Wealth effect. They just don't talk about it. They were looking at the markets when the spoos were tanking in March of 2020, and they were just in there buying them. Oh, I know. The hand over fist. Oh, they were going to buy stocks. I mean, that was the rumor. They're going to start even being able to buy stocks and prop up stocks themselves. March 2020 was a lot of fun trading, I tell you that. Still a lot of fun trading. It was fun trading yesterday, too. Let's, you know, go and do some ticker time here because I'm interested to look at some charts as well. Throw us your tickers. we got eight minutes here. We'll grab a few stocks. We'll see what we got. We've got some ideas. First one that I see is Devon Energy, DVN from Miguel. Um, was there, was there news or rating or something on this? Oh, Kramer bought some. That was it. Kramer. I saw in my Kramer newsletter that he bought some. That goodbye. Wow. Kramer bought the bottom of Devon Energy and he drove that thing higher. I mean, okay, coming in now. Thing just rallied 42 to 48. No, 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 no. Uh, Sorry. I'm not chasing this. Um, yeah, what do we have? This is it. I could give you a level just to look at to determine whether I'd or not we're rip. just gonna to, to blast right back to 5199. Uh, so what you had, you had uh, you had a nine, uh, yeah, nine point move, four and a half, 43. So this 47 and a half, 48 area, right where we're at now, I'd, I'd say best case scenario, you just hang out here for a couple days. Put in a couple lows, 47 and a half, 48, build a little bit of a base and then make a run at the double top at 51. But uh, this is a little bit too much too fast. First things first, get through yesterday's high at 48.55. That's what, uh, what, what about Baba here? Oh, Baba. The Bobster. Yeah. I bought it when I bought the emerging markets. I know. I don't remember if you sold. No, no, I bought. I'm saying I never bought Baba. I bought. I didn't sell my Baidu, which I should have. I sold Baidu, and I should have bought the Baidu because I could have got it cheaper. You know, so Baidu was here. We go, Baba. You got support down around 110. So 119, you're taking a shot. Look, yesterday's low 115. Lean on that. Take a shot. Yeah, got to lean low 115. 
Uh, I agree. Down a buck twenty-seven, and also that was the area, Dennis. But when you when you bought when you bought this, you were leaning on the pair of lows at one six, just under one sixteen. So there you are. And how low I did never, you get? I, when I wanted to buy it, I never. You, actually you, did you, buy we it, talked Bob. about it. Yeah. yeah. So you got I three lows. About it. I bought JD and JD and Baidu instead. Yep. Uh, so you know that's a for both intents and purposes, that's a that's a triple bomb at one fifteen and a half. You just you know, if you're you're buying it here, you don't want to see that that taken out. Things have been kind of quiet out of out of out of China lately, right? They want to play night. When the Olympics start, the Olympics starts soon, like next right? next week. <laughs> next week they're playing nice. Dennis, Dennis, how's that? Interesting market fund. China's playing nice now. Wait, they, Dennis, Dennis, how's that? How's the curling team looking this year? I, I was going to ask. Can we get a a, a, a winter sports? Uh, not 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 now, but next week. A the hockey team is not looking good. I'll tell you that much. With no, the NHL players. Not now. Let's do it next week, and uh, we all will right. get Dennis' right. thoughts on the curling, on the bobsled, on the luge, on on all <laughs> the candy, all the candy sports. Downhill skiing. We rock downhill skiing. <laughs> uh, what got some good figure skaters too? Don't you? Yeah, we're good on the ice. <laughs> That's all you have there. A lot of ice, yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> what about um uh hey, let's look at Twilio for a hot second. How's Twilio? Twilio. Wow. Four bucks. Yesterday's low, way down at 175. <laughs> it's just too low for me to you're not getting down to 175. And if you buy 192, you gotta give it to 175. that's not dipping enough. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know what the, this thing has in trade. Wow, what was old time? Over 450. Uh, this is the, let's see, 182.12. How low did we get yesterday? Oh, we got considerably below that, 175.36. I don't know. Find us some stocks yeah, that, trading, you know, approaching I mean, yesterday's lows. If, is yeah, there anything? I don't know if there's anything because we're obviously still 130 yeah. points above yesterday's lows from the S&P. But is there anything getting like 50%-ish? Maybe you're looking at those. Let me check the uh, the Benzinger Pro Movers tool. I know there's not be nothing that's at yesterday's low, but is there anything like you – know, when we're pulling back when you, know, you had 15% rally in some of these stocks are pulling back yet. 3%. I mean, I, I think you're buying the pullback in some of these stocks. It's just I don't want to buy so far off of the lows. So – uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking here to see if there's anything, but there really is not a lot that is unity at a hundred. Yeah. I could nibble on that at a hundred bucks. One Oh seven this morning. It's 96 is the low I, it's Cisco. Somebody's thrown out there. It's trading down. I mean, if you're not uh, or Roblox. Yeah, if you're looking to like, if you don't think it's getting a yesterday's low, I don't think can, they are. Yeah, you can We're look men. at mid range or you know. I think mid range. I think you're looking at fifty percent retracements to the yesterday's low. Cause I don't think you're getting down there. I think people are. I think there's the possibility here, and I don't know anything, but I think there's a possibility we could go green today. So I'm not shorting stocks right now. If no, you're shorting stocks, you had to do it yesterday on the close, and you're covering them right now. So if I was short. I'd be using this sell-off to cover because nobody knows anything. Maybe we're just going to roll over and give it all back, and that would be awful. I don't think it's going to give it all back. I think we're going to around 430 spy, the 50% retracement from yesterday. I think you're going to find some buyers, and it would not shock me. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm leaning more bullish than bearish when we're at 433 spy. Um, Mitch pointing out that the, and I mentioned this on Friday as well, that the, I believe the Robin Hood lockup expiration is tomorrow. Um, something to, to have on your radar. Uh, so that uh, really came off the lows, $11 and 15 cents, 1257. I don't know if the lockup expiration, I'm not following any of that story. I would just say that 1115 low is probably safe. That valuation, um, obviously they don't make money, so it's tough to look at, but I mean, the market cap is, you know, at a certain point in time with somebody coming okay. in by Robin hood. Here's a good I think one. So like, I, like you guys talking Peloton. Somebody at a certain point in time could buy Robinhood. That could happen. Uh, you ask for stocks that are near nearer to the low. Starbucks is a good example because it's two dollars, two bucks off of yesterday's low. Yeah, yeah, but five on Starbucks. If you got down near there, I'd probably nibble. Man, but every time you go Stopping by one of those, they're, they're closed. I, I, it is. Like, like, the, the, it is it's wild. weird. I mean, I don't go there. I just like to check the drive-throughs. Starbucks are closed. 
Yeah, Punch they can't. Eleven. The Starbucks never closes. No, no, no. They they're not. That's they don't true. open as early. One. They don't open. They as can't early. find workers. They can't find workers. Oh. They'll be finding them now after everyone lost all their money in the stock market and we want to go back to work. Oh, that's possible. But, um, but oh boy, big rally yesterday. Um, if you want to wait and buy this thing on strength, wow, this got back up to our Friday's high. What a gift that was. 9841 9835 so no upside until you can clear close you know at least above 98 and a half and yeah you're not too far from the low 9441 if you want to lean on that one nice nice candle in it yesterday it was also in the area you know i mentioned a bunch of monthly lows and these things uh, um and they got through them and that's when you, you just got to have the discipline. Like, oh, I'm not going to, oh, I'm just not going to stick my bid out there. But some of those monthly levels, if you had the patience, you know, to say, wow, it went down through it and now it's coming back up, like that 280. And, uh, you know, you would have been crying and uh, you bought Microsoft at 280 when it went to 276. Conversely, if you had the wherewithal to buy it on the way back up through 280, you're like, oh, man, this is, you know. Don't even have to look at this one. Oh, I got the wrong wrong stock up there, but Sorry. that's using your monthly levels. All right, it is nine o'clock. Oh, that was fun. I know yeah. time flies when you're bullish. I, I, I'm just to be clear. I am not in that camp. Dennis is is by inside the day. day. I'm not. Inside day. I'm not bullish enough that I'm like loading up my long term portfolio. But as a trader, yeah. All right, you got the day trader hat yeah. on right now. I'm buying the dip. Uh, all right. All right, I'm going to hop. I'll check in with Might you later on. All right, well, we'll find out in a little bit uh, how right or wrong you are, Dennis. But uh, I, And I mean, you got to stop yourself out. We're all going to be right. We're all going to be wrong. This yeah. is the way trading is. You make bets. You know, you That's make it. you know, lo- you know, you make quantitative bets, and you you stop yourself out when you're wrong, and you ride it a little more when you're right. That's and how part, you're trying to approach me, this market. Part of me wants to be like, well, Dennis, you always say don't chase. The time to buy it was yesterday, not this morning. But on the other hand, you do have – a clean level here on every single stock. You have a clean. We're not chasing though. We're we're down seven. We're we're down seventy yeah, right. points. Right. I, if we were up seventy, I wouldn't be buying. But we're we're pulling back. Yeah, I'm saying fifty percent retracement. Stocks move like we love the fifty percent retracement. Yeah. I don't see you chasing here today. You're buying a dip. It's okay to buy dips. We had a rip your face off rally, and now all of a sudden, you know, I'm not saying you know you're loading up your long term portfolio, but I'm saying as a trader, if you're shorting stocks. When we're down 70 handles, I mean, that's the wrong way to do it. So I think I, I just basic trading is buy dips, sell reps. 70 handles is a pretty good dip, not looking at the rip yesterday. But I mean, the sell-off yesterday was probably overdone. The dip here is people saying, well, we're going right back down there. I'm betting we don't go right back down there. I don't think we go back down there easily. I don't know if we're going green. I think there's a possibility we could. All right. We'll find out. That's my thoughts. This is going to be a fun day. I I can only hope it is as fun as yesterday. All right, Dennis, we'll catch you later. Everyone have a great rest of your day. I'm going to hop off our next show, live trading with Benzinga. If you missed, if you dropped a question in the ticker and we missed it, I apologize profusely from the bottom of my soul. But what you can do is tune into our very next show where they will answer your questions. Ryan, Zunaid, Mitch, live trading through the open, giving you what's on their watch list, what they're trading today, and walking you through trades as they're making them. You should check it out. It may or may not be the fastest growing show on our channel right now. Check it out. Come up, coming up next here on YouTube. This stream will end to redirect you straight to that show starting at 9.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Thanks to our guest today, Jeremy Schwartz. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Hey, I have not asked for, I have not groveled for likes once today. We're only at 321. If I if I do a little bit of groveling, can we get to 500? That's a question that uh, only you can answer. So uh, all that being said, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. And uh, we'll catch you guys over on our next show. Stay tuned for that. Everyone, good luck today. Try to stay green. And um, have have a great start of the day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.